Thank you for listening to the Moral Revolution Podcast. In this session, Nathan Edwardson will be sharing a message entitled, Giving Everything. This is the second message in a seven-part series. When it comes to money, sex, and power, on one hand, God calls us to use money and sex and power for good. That we've been entrusted with money, we've been given bodies, and uh, we are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus calls us to use these things for good on the earth, to use these things for God, to use these things to put Jesus on display for the world to see. So on one hand, when it comes to money, sex, and power, these are good things, and we're learning how to use power and bodies and money for God's glory and for good. On the other hand, we know that more than anything else, money, sex, and power have become the false gods of our culture. And they must be exposed for what they are. And, and how many of us and how many people do we know find their value and their worth in these things, in relationships, in sex, in women, in money, in the things we own, in power, career, success. And so these are the false gods. And this is why Jesus speaks so much on these things, and especially money. Jesus talks about money more than any other subject other than the kingdom of God. And when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, most of the time he's talking about money. And it's because there's a deep connection between life and freedom and joy and money and the stuff that wars for the affection of our hearts. So in Luke 18, 18, once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? This is a good question. It's the right question. Why do you call me good, Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. And this young man replied, I've carefully obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard his answer, He said this to the young man, there is still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. You're reading this and you're thinking, really? Really, Jesus? What about just like, hey, come to church this Sunday? Or hey, why don't you start tithing 10%? Jesus says, no, I want it. All sell everything you own and give your money to the poor, then you'll have life. If you want life, and Jesus wants the best for this man, Jesus wants this man to experience the fullness of God and the fullness of life. And Jesus looks at this man and says, If you really want life, sell everything you have and come and follow me. That's eternal life. But when the rich man heard this, he became sad, for he was very rich. When Jesus saw this, he said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, it isn't that Jesus doesn't love rich people. Jesus loves rich people. It's that rich people oftentimes have too much to love. Those who heard this said, then who in the world can be saved? 
Jesus replied, what is impossible for people is possible with God. Then Peter said, I love Peter. Here's Peter. What I love about Peter, he's a fireball. And every time Peter speaks, he's one of those guys where he takes everything personally. Jesus is speaking to a crowd, but Peter's convinced Jesus is talking to him. And many of us, we are Peter. Peter said this, we've left our homes to follow you. Yes, Jesus replied. And I assure you that everyone who's given up house or wife or brother or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. Jesus says to Peter, hey, you gave up your home, but that's just a home. What you get is eternity. Here's this rich young man. Jesus says, give everything, sell everything, everything you have. You want life, give everything and come and follow me. And this rich young man, he walks away from Jesus. If you would turn to Luke 21, a couple days later. Luke 21, verse 1. says this, while Jesus was in the temple, Jesus sat down And he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. Could you guys imagine if Jesus came to our church and said Jesus sat down and watched as people put their money into the offering plates? Could you imagine if Jesus showed up at the stirring and he just sat down and he watched as we came forward to put our offerings in the offering baskets? Wouldn't that be amazing? If he just sat down, like, I think that's Jesus there, and I'm supposed to give, and Jesus is watching. It says Jesus sat down, and he watched. I think we need uh, one of those life-size cardboard cutouts of Jesus. And we just place him by the offering plates, and it's like, Jesus is watching, okay? He's right there, and he's watching, and he knows how much you give. That or we could have Dan dress up as Jesus, and just stand up there, just watching. This passage here, I've always wanted to teach this passage. I've never taught it before. I've read it a thousand times, and every time I'm like, I really want to teach this passage, Jesus. But it's one of those passages where it's like, what are you really saying? What's this passage about? Jesus watched as the rich people dropped their gifts in the offering plate. What we give and how we spend our lives matters deeply to God. Jesus watched. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. Jesus speaks to his disciples here. I tell you the truth. Jesus said, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. She's given more. For all these people, they gave gifts from their wealth. But she, as poor as she is, she gave everything she has. Here's this poor widow. She gave everything. Jesus highlights her. Jesus applauds her. He's watching. He sees this widow and he says, she gave everything. And you're reading this and you're thinking, she gave everything. Here's this rich young man who walks away from Jesus. Jesus says, give everything. Everything, if you want life, give everything. And this young man, he walks away from Jesus because he can't 
give everything. He loves his life too much. And then here's this widow, this poor woman, and she gives everything. And Jesus sees her and says, she gave everything. As poor as she is, she gave everything. And see, I love the deeper meaning of a text. Before I teach a a text, I want the deeper meaning. And I'll spend time praying and studying and reading and culture. And it's like, I want to know what is really happening here. And so I was praying this week and preparing. And I was asking Jesus, Jesus, what's really going on here? What does this mean? She gave everything. I'm praying and saying, Jesus, she gave. What does this mean? And Jesus spoke and he said this, Nate, it means she gave everything. I thought, that's not very helpful, God. There's got to be something deeper. So I studied in the Greek, and the word gave in the Greek means gave. It means she gave. And the word everything in the Greek language, the word everything means everything, like everything she had. She gave everything. So I studied the Jewish culture, and what does it mean to give everything in this day and in this culture? And what it means is it means you give everything. That is why I'm in seminary. (laughs) She gave everything. And I had a message this week. I I had a message about generosity and being a generous church and being marked by generosity and joy and how the church should be the most generous, you know, force on planet earth because God is generous and he gave his son and he gave us breath and he gave us life. Had this message I brought to God, like here's my message. And every time I began preparing this message, the Lord kept saying, no, it's just too small, Nate. It's too small. I got this message and it's good, God. And Jesus kept saying, no, it's too small. Call the stirring to give everything. Everything? Jesus kept saying everything. And I really felt like God was saying this, Nate, no more cute money talks. I want everything. And that some of you today will walk away like the rich young ruler because it will cost you everything. But some of you, like this widow, will actually come and say, God, everything is yours. And this is what God's doing here, okay? If you came for the first time, if you're right now, if you brought a friend and you're like, oh, I brought my friend on the wrong week. No, you brought your friend on the perfect week because Jesus wants everything. There's no plan B for Jesus. He wants your whole life. He wants all of it. When it comes to money, Jesus wants everything. And I believe that what God's doing here in our day, in our church, is that Jesus is calling us to give everything so that a generation can meet Jesus and know Jesus. That our city might be transformed, that nations might be healed. I really believe that. The call is to give everything. When Jesus calls his disciples, he calls them to leave everything and give everything. And it's so tempting for us to think, well, that was just back then in this culture. No, actually, Jesus still wants everything. If you're a disciple of Jesus, he wants all your money. He wants your bank account. He wants your tips. He wants your tax returns. He wants your 401. Like, he wants everything. He wants your scooter. He wants your toaster. 
So funny, this week, my wife and I just bought a new toaster. Just this week, and I told my wife, I'm like, you know what, God wants everything. I told my wife, I said, I think we should bring our toaster to church and give it to God. Like, God, you want everything. Here's our toaster. I said to my wife, I said, hey, can, I, can we give our toaster to the Lord? Erica said this, I really like my toaster. <laughs> and I said, babe, I think he'll let us use it. I'm pretty sure he'll let us use his toaster. But seriously, I was going to bring the toaster. I was just going to bring it to the Lord. And I thought, nah, I don't, I don't want to bring my toaster. But maybe I will. Maybe I should bring it. Because God wants your toaster. He wants everything. In Matthew 13, there's a story about this man, and he, he finds this treasure in a field. The kingdom of God, life with God, like he finds what really matters. And it says that this man sold everything. He gave everything to buy this treasure. And you're reading the story, it says, in his joy, he gave everything so that he could have this one thing. And, and this man, like, he's not sad. He's stoked. And you read this story, you don't come away thinking, man, what a bummer, like he gave everything. You come away thinking, no, 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 he found the one thing that really matters and he gave everything. He sold everything that he had so he could have this one thing. That's what Jesus is calling us to do. I really believe that that one of the marks that we're meant to leave on a generation and a city and nations is this, that we gave everything. Could you imagine if we really said, God, it's all yours, like all my money, my whole life, like I give everything to you to see a generation meet Jesus and know Jesus and become everything Jesus has made them to be. Why wouldn't we give everything? And a couple years ago, um, we were in this worship gathering at the stirring and I was in the back. Normally I'm in the front, I'm a front row guy. But I was in the back and I was watching and, and people were seeking God. And, and right in the center of the room, my friend Matthew, he came and he stood before the Lord and he took this posture before God. And then in a moment, everyone's worshiping and like the worship team's playing and this whole place is packed. Matthew rips off his shirt and, and he holds his shirt up to God. And I'm in the back and I'm like, no, you didn't. This dude and I grabbed, Brad Luff was there, and Benji, and I grabbed my friends, and I'm all, Matthew just ripped his shirt off. What is, what is happening over there? And he's holding his shirt up right in the middle of church. It's like, you don't do that. And it's worship, though. You don't want to, like, you don't want to bother someone in worship. You know, I can't drag a half-naked guy out of the worship gathering. And so I just let it happen. I'm like, all right, God, you know what's happening. So later that week, later that week, I met with Matthew, and I'm like, dude, what's up? He's on nothing. And I'm like, okay, all right. Dude, you ripped your shirt off in church last week. Okay, you held your shirt up to God. What's going on, Matthew? Like, what happened there? Like, I've never seen that before. And he's like, man, I was worshiping God. And he said, Jesus spoke to me. And Jesus said, Matthew, will you give everything? Will you give everything? And I said, God, I will give everything. And Jesus said this, even the shirt off your back. And Matthew said, God, you can have it all. And he ripped his shirt off and held it up to God. And I thought, man, that's awesome. He gave everything. And then I told Matt, I'm, I'm just, I said, I'm just glad God didn't ask for your pants. <laughs> I'm just glad he didn't ask for your pants because I would have dragged you out, my friend. 
Thank you, Jesus. She gave everything. Because Jesus gave everything, and because all of life belongs to God, and all of life is a gift from God, and everything we have comes from God, like it all belongs to God. If you're a follower of Jesus, everything is God's. Your hot tub, your toaster, your car, your house, your kids, your breath, your clothes, your future, your destiny, your past. It's all His. And if it's really His, then then why wouldn't we give everything? So I, I feel like God's put a message in me about giving everything. And what does that look like? I know there's some of you here and you're like, you're ready. There's some of you right now that are like, okay, I don't have much. I'm ready to give it all. There are some of you that are like, I'm going to run. There are others sitting there. Okay, what does he mean? Because I like my house and I like my car. And there's some, I mean, there's some of you that are so practical and rational and, and you're thinking right now, okay, if we all gave our houses, where would life groups meet? If we all gave our cars, how would we get to church? If we all gave our food, we would starve. Some of you right now are like, man, I have no idea why I came to church this morning. What does it mean to give everything? Now, I want to do my best. I want to talk about giving everything. And I'm pulling together quite a few messages. We have all kinds of messages online about money. I'm pulling together quite a few of these. And, and the, the full messages are online. If you, if you want to hear more about it, let me know. I can, I can point you in a direction. But I, I, I want to move through what does it mean to give everything? Because Jesus makes it really clear how to be fully given. How do we live given? How do I live with this posture of like, I'm yours everything, God? Giving everything. No takers are going to love me today. Giving everything means bringing the first and the best of your life to God. Give, if you're fully given to God, it means bringing the first and the best of your life to God. This is a theme all through Scripture. I'm going to run through some verses right now. You've got Exodus 23:19. As you harvest your crops... Bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. And do not cook a young goat in his mother's milk. Okay. Thanks, God. Leviticus 27.30. One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. The first and the best of your life belongs to God. It's meant to be set apart for God. It is holy and belongs to God. In Proverbs 3, it says this, 3.9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Everything. Honor the Lord, with your wealth and the first and the best. And we could do a whole teaching on this. The first and the best belongs to the Lord. Giving everything means that we bring the first and the best of everything we have to God. And then in Deuteronomy 14, God really brings this home. He says this, 14.23, uh, Bring this portion to the place of worship. 
the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored. Eat it there in his presence. And doing this will teach you always to fear the Lord and to honor God. Like there's, there's so much more with the first and the best. But simply, this is what God is saying. It's all mine. And one of the ways that God teaches us to be fully given and to give everything is by calling his children to bring the first and the best to him always. This is, how how do you teach your kids how to ride a bike? Training wheels. This is the training wheels of a life fully given. That what God does is God teaches his children He says, it's all mine, it all belongs to me, and because it belongs to him, the people of God, because they were fully given to God, they would bring the first and their best, they would pilgrimage, they would travel from their cities throughout the year, and they would come to the house of God, and they would bring the first and the best, declaring that God, it's all yours. It isn't like, hey, I'm bringing you this, and everything else is mine. This was how they declared, we are fully given, and God, it all belongs to you. And this is how, Deuteronomy says, this is how, how God, it, this is how he teaches us how to honor him with our wealth and with our stuff and with our money. Because it's so tempting to think that it's ours and we can do what we want. And so each week when we come and we bring our offerings to God, you need to know this isn't some religious thing. This isn't some Old Testament rule that you have to give. You don't have to give. That's what's awesome about it. You don't have to give anything. But this is the way that we declare him God of everything. And we bring to him the best and the first. And as a leadership team and as pastors and as a core team here, we've decided to live this way. That we want to live bringing the first and the best. We don't want to give God leftovers. We don't want to come empty-handed. In Exodus it says, no one comes empty-handed because I've blessed you and I've given no one appears before me empty-handed. We don't want to come empty-handed. We want to come and say, God, the best and the first is yours always. The first and the best of our tax returns and our family inheritance and our paychecks and our tips and everything we have, God, it's yours. And we bring the first and the best, reminding us every week, it's this practical way that we put on display that he's God of everything. It's a discipline. And it comes from a place of love and worship. Paul says later on, Paul says this, when you give, don't give because you have to. If you feel like you have to and it's some religious thing, don't give because God doesn't need your money and we don't need your money. If you feel like you have to give, then don't. If you want to give the first and the best, if you want to live this way, if you want to come and bring the first and the best of your life and declare him God, then come and bring your offerings to the Lord. And the word here, all throughout Scripture, and all throughout the Old Testament, the word isn't give, the word is bring. Does anyone here have $500 on them right now? $500, anyone? You do? Okay. Can you bring it to me? You have $500. Wow, 
That is awesome. $500. Okay. The reason why she brought me $500 is before the gathering, I gave her $500. This is my money, and I gave it to her. The reason why she brought it so quickly is it's not hers, it's mine. See, here's the thing. We're not giving God our offerings. Because to give it to God means it's ours. We're just bringing to God what's already His. It's yours. I'm just bringing you the first and the best because it belongs to you. It's yours. It's not mine. So I'm bringing it to you as an act of trust and an act of obedience and worship saying, God, I'm not giving you anything. You gave me everything. I'm just bringing you what is yours. This is what we do each week. When we come and we bring our offerings If you're new to church, this is what's happening. We're just bringing the first and the best, saying, God, as an act of trust, because how much of life is spent controlling? A lot. So as an act of trust, we come and go, no matter how much we have or how little we have, we bring the first and the best to you as an act of trust and obedience to declare you God, and this this isn't some 10% magic number. This is, Paul says, hey, you decide what you want to bring to God. But bring the first and bring the best. This isn't random. This isn't how much money do I have in my pocket. This isn't the leftovers. This is, listen, I want to give God the first and the best because I trust Him. And it all belongs to Him. So giving everything is bringing the first and the best. Um, Giving everything means being generous to the poor and sharing your life with the needy. This is a theme. This is the burning passion of God that we would be generous with the poor. 1 Timothy 6.17 says this, be generous with the poor. Be generous with the poor and share with the needy. Jesus gave his life to the poor and the needy and the fatherless. Read the story of Jesus. It was his burning passion to give his life, but he's the one we're following. Giving everything means that you live a generous life toward the ones that are desperate in need. And there are all kinds of, there are over 300 verses in Scripture that get at this. Some of the Proverbs are great, like those who are kind to the needy honor God. Those who are generous to the poor honor God. Those who neglect the poor neglect their maker, the one that created them in his image. A few weeks ago we talked about how it's it's not just that Jesus calls us to be generous to the poor because he was generous to the poor. Jesus says this, when you love the poor and you're generous to the poor, you love me. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, that, that when we love the least and when we feed the hungry and when we give water to the thirsty, that's Jesus we're, we're feeding and that's Jesus we're clothing. And so th- this, is, this is a burning passion of God that our lives would be generous, that we would embrace our city, that we'd become the church that, that is generous with the least and the poor and the needy. And I love what God's doing. I feel like there's so much vision right now to begin to champion God's heart in this area. 
there's some passion about these, these girls, these young kids being um, sold into sex trafficking. There are others that have a, a burning heart for the homeless. I had a, a young um, girl come to me this week and she said, what, what I want to do is I want to collect beanies for the homeless in our city. And I said, well, how many? And she said, I don't know. And I said, well, you let me know how many. Let's do that. And she says, I want to go downtown and I want to put beanies on kids' heads and I want to put beanies on the homeless heads. And I, I, I want, I, in the name of Jesus, we want to put a beanie on your head. And when we do that, we put a beanie on Jesus' head, don't we? So much vision, so much um, passion. I, I love in, uh, in John chapter 3, John the Baptist is preaching and he, he's wildfire. And he's preaching repentance and coming to Jesus and turning back to God. And what happens is some of these, some of these uh, religious leaders and some of the people say uh, to John the Baptist, well, what should we do? What should we do? And John says somewhere in here, I can't find it. But what he says is amazing. They come, what, what should we do? How do we turn back to God? And he says, hey, if you have two shirts, give one away. Really? That's it, John? Really? Yeah, and if you've cheated anyone out of money, pay them back. You're hearing that, you're thinking, wow, there's a deep connection between life and our stuff, isn't there? This is John like, hey, what do we do, John? Well, if you have two shirts, give one away, that's life. Then you'll experience Jesus. That's the way of God. And then in Acts, and I think I can find this one. Acts 4, I love this. It says this, Acts 4.32, all the believers united in heart and mind, and, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. They shared everything. It says this, the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. God's blessing was upon all of them. There were no needy people among them. Isn't that amazing? The early church, this is the early church. It says they testified with power that Jesus was alive and there were no needy people among them. It's this, Jesus is alive, here's a toaster. No needy people. Do, do we want that? Do we want that? Would we give our lives to that? How many people right now in our church have more than they need? And how many people in our church right now have almost nothing? And have desperate, real needs right now? And I guess the real question is, how do we get those two people together? Giving everything means giving to the poor and being generous. I was talking with my friend Mitch this week and Mitch said he was at a life group and, and there was a, a girl in the life group and, and she um, was sharing just some of, some of her brokenness and some of her financial struggle and the Lord spoke to Mitch and Jesus said this, he said, give everything in your pocket. And Mitch said, I normally don't have anything in my pocket but that day I had $250. He said that I gave everything in my pocket. Are we led by the Holy Spirit? 
when Jesus says, give everything in your pocket, can we really do that? Are we really fully his? Can we be generous with his life? Giving everything means being generous to the poor. There's no other way. A couple more thoughts here. Giving everything means enjoying everything God has given you. I think this is the lost message of the church. Growing up, I heard a lot about giving and tithing and bringing, you know, 10% of my paycheck to God. Growing up, I heard a lot about that. I didn't hear anything about enjoying what God's given you. Giving, if you're fully given to God, if you're living a life like God, I'm giving you everything. Giving everything means enjoying everything God's given to you. If life is really a gift, if breath is a gift, if you really believe your car that you drive is a gift from God, then enjoy that gift. As a father, as a dad, I want my kids to enjoy the gifts I give them. And I want them to share. It's enjoying everything. It's being grateful. Because here's the thing. If we're not really grateful with what God's given us, we won't ever be generous. Ungrateful people are never generous. The most generous people are the most grateful. Because if I'm really grateful for what God's given me, if I really see my whole life as a gift from God, it's all God's, then I'm set free to be generous. And so gratitude frees us to be generous. If I'm enjoying all of life as a gift, everything, like I have a hot tub. Some of you know that. I enjoy that hot tub. I'm not going to live under the guilt of like, man, kids in Africa don't have hot tubs. God blessed me with a hot tub. And I want to enjoy that hot tub. But if the Lord says, I want you to give that away, I would give that hot tub away. It would be hard. But it's his hot tub. And as long as he's given me a hot tub with jets, I'm going to enjoy what God's given me. I'm not going to live with this ungrateful thing of I don't have enough and I want to enjoy the house that God's blessed me with, but it's God's. I want to use my hot tub and my house and my cars. I want to use my whole life for his glory. It's yours, God. However I can use my whole life, God, to see a generation meet Jesus, I will do it. And on the way, I want to enjoy life. First Timothy 6.17. It says that everything you have, God has blessed you with for enjoyment that we're meant to enjoy life and sometimes there's this thing where like man as jesus followers we can't enjoy life and it's it's the hard you know life of following jesus yes but we're meant to enjoy breath and marriage and kids and families and barbecues giving everything being fully given is being fully grateful with everything God's given you. We, uh, we recently, we, we had a house and, and uh, we started having lots of kids. And our house became really small. And we loved it, but we sold it to some friends and we bought a bigger house because we have 39 kids now. And we love our house, um, but we don't love the backyard. And the backyard's a desert wasteland. The houses, we're grateful for the house, but we're not so grateful for the backyard. 
the, the house, we love it, but the moment you step into the backyard, it's like, I'm in a desert wasteland. And you look out, as far as you can see, it's like the Sahara Desert. And, and the, the kids are terrified. No, not the desert. And, and I had this conversation with my wife um, a few weeks ago. Because we were complaining, and we are like, man, this is like, we want a lawn, and saving up money, and one day we'll have a lawn, but we're on the five-year plan, that kind of thing. And I said to my wife, I said, listen, let's enjoy this wasteland. Because one day we'll have a lawn, and we will never get this wasteland again. <laughs> I said to her, let's enjoy this wasteland. God has blessed us with the wasteland. We will never get this wasteland back. We'll have a lawn and sprinklers and kids running through sprinklers on the lawn. And I just said, man, let's enjoy this wasteland. Now, I, it didn't really encourage my wife, but it made me feel better. Enjoy the, way, enjoy the car you do have. Enjoy the job you do have. When, if you can be grateful with what God's given you, then you will be more generous to give. If you are ungrateful, we live in a culture that, that drowns in, in ungratefulness. Everywhere, listen to people talk. It's never enough. We always need more. There's this sense of it is rare to find someone that like, wow, you have enough. You're grateful for what you have. And if we can be grateful, we can be generous. So giving everything means enjoying the life you've been given as an act of gratitude. So as as an act of trust, we bring first and the best. As an act of love, we give. We're generous to the poor. As an act of gratitude, we enjoy life. And then I want to Say this, giving everything means using wisely what God has entrusted to you. And we need to come back to this and and spend more time here. But there's a story about um, three servants. The master gives them each some money. And what they do with this money matters deeply. And the master says, use well what you've been given. Use well. And, And two of these guys, they take the money they've been given... And they use it well. And they invest and they're strategic. And they use it for, for what God's doing on the earth and for the passions of God. Then you've got this third servant and he buries it. He does nothing with it. And so giving every, if you're fully given to God, if you're really like God, you have everything. Then you're using your life. Everything that God's given you, you're using to bring good on the earth. You're using it for God. You're using it to love people. Because in the end, you will either use money and love people, or you will love money and use people. And in our culture, most people love money and use people to get more money. We've got to become the kind of people where we use money to love people. There's a deep passion of God that everything you have, you will be held accountable for. All throughout Scripture, you will be held accountable for everything everything that comes through your hands. And so being fully given is the kind of people that like everything I have, God, is yours. Everything I want to use for your glory, for your name, to see a generation meet Jesus, to see a city transform, to see nations healed, like everything. Anyone want to give everything to God? Anyone want to stand before Jesus one day and say, I gave everything to see that generation meet Jesus and know him? I got a phone call this week from from a, a couple in the church, and um, um, recently um, 
um, the, the, the woman had some physical um, problems that really scared her. And a few weeks ago, we talked about legacy and how your legacy isn't what you leave your kids when you die. It's what you gave them while you lived. That's your legacy. And she heard that message and the Lord began speaking to her. And she called me up and said, hey, this is going to be a journey, but I want you to know that I want a legacy. And she says, I have an estate that's worth a few million dollars. And she said, I want that estate to become my legacy. I want a women's refuge house for these girls coming out of sex trafficking. Um, I I want it used for whatever, retreat center. I want it used to reach a generation. She said, she said, I want to be fully given. She said, there's going to be a journey. We need to have lots of talks. And I said, I understand. But she said, man, God has blessed me. And I want to begin to lean into my legacy now. And I just thought, that's what God's doing here. That's what he's, we can build our bigger barns. We can build our kingdom. Or we can say, God, we will give everything. Amen. So the question when it comes to like money, the question isn't, hey, how much should we give to the stirring? That question's too small. The question is, how do I want to spend my life? Because you will spend your life, won't you? You will spend your life. At the end of your life, you will be spent. The question is, how do you want to spend your life? So we worship right now. I, I, I really believe that, that there's a call to the stirring to be fully given in every way possible. It's all God's. And I want to invite you right now. I know this isn't everyone. I, I was, as I was praying, like I realized some of us, this is, it's just too much right now and that's okay. But I believe there are some of us that like this woman, we're ready to give everything. Like God, everything. For your passions, for your purpose. I love that we have couples in our church like the Borgics who are ready to give everything to adopt these, these little kids from Ethiopia and, and bring them into their family and bring them into this family and to pour their rest of their lives into these kids. Like I love, Andrew Rosetta, that you've already said, God, everything and if you're here and I believe this is a defining moment for some of us if you're here and this is your heart God I want to give everything and I'm talking about money I am talking about money I'm talking about every dime you have I'm talking about your savings account talking about your tips. I'm talking about all of it. I'm definitely talking about your toaster. If there's, if there's men and women or couples here that are like, I will give everything. I just want you to come forward and stand before God. Everything I have. No matter how much or how little, like everything, I'm giving it to you, God.
Now, you know what this means, right? Eric and I, we made a decision to give everything to Jesus. And it's been the most painful, joyful decision we've ever made in our life. We made a decision that it's all His. Our whole life is His. Everything is His. And I would never turn back. And it has cost us deeply. It is the most painful, joyful thing to say, God, everything is yours. Because Jesus will test you to stand on a Sunday when the music's playing and say yes to give everything is one thing. But when the Holy Spirit begins to speak and lead you and you realize give everything means give everything. Will you really give everything? Holy Spirit, Jesus, Father, we love the life you've given. God, we want to give everything to see heaven come, to see nations healed, cities transformed, to see a generation restored, to see kids adopted from around the world, to see the fatherless come into families, to see the poor valued and loved for, the, for who they are created in God's image, to see the church healed and united, to see the kingdom come, Jesus. We hope you have enjoyed this session. For more information, please visit our website at www.moralrevolution.com.